The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Friends. indeed welcome to the show this is episode 177 of the boys of tech new zealand's longest running tech podcast this episode is for the week beginning monday the 30th of july 2012 my name is edwin herman we're live here from the studio in wellington and uh unfortunately none of the other regular panelists could make it this week Nevertheless, we have a bunch of interesting stories this week. In fact, looking ahead at the program, Mozilla plans to develop its own mobile operating system. Malware at Iranian nuclear facilities plays Thunderstruck. Yeah, that's the the track by ACDC, Full Blast. And Microsoft fixes a rather embarrassing coding gaffe, but kicking off, of course, with Apple releasing... OS 10 Mountain Lion. Yes, indeed, folks. OS 10 has now been released officially by Apple. Uh, in fact, I'll be getting my copy very soon. I haven't got it yet because I do have one piece of software. In fact, the piece of software I'm using right now, I'll give it a plug. It's Wiretap Studio uh, that we use here for the recording the podcast. Now, that's not yet certified to run on Mountain Lion, so I'm just waiting for that to happen. Once that's done, then away we go. Now, just looking at some of the features in OS X, now we're not going to do a, a full review here because, I mean, there's, you know, websites galore dedicated to just that. But I thought I'd pick out half a dozen or so features that you might be interested in. First of all, in no particular order, wider scroll bars. Yeah, and, you know, if you're an OS ten user, you'll know this, that the scroll bars are just that little bit too thin, aren't they? You know, you have to be fairly precise with your, your mousing skills to get to that scroll bar. It's just too thin. I've, I found that myself from day one of OS X Lion. I'm glad they've addressed that. That's good news. The other thing, actually, which I haven't confirmed yet, but uh, I obviously will do once I, I get my copy of Mountain Lion, is whether these scroll bars fade in uh, for longer, because I find that with OS X Lion, I don't know if you've found the same thing as well yourselves, but with Lion, the scroll bars fade in and then fade out again just too, a little too quickly, and, and often you find yourself just about to click on it. You've positioned the mouse over the scroll bar, you're just about to click on it, and it's faded out again, uh, which is very annoying. But So I'm not sure if that particular uh, enhancement has been uh, included in Mountain Lion. Twitter and Facebook are integrated into the operating system, which is fantastic. So it now means that you can right-click on something, uh, a web page, for example, Safari, and share over Twitter or Facebook. And also, in theory, it means that other applications can tap into that social media sharing without having to implement their own APIs or or their own modules. Number three on my list is dictation capabilities. Now, this is great because not only, and I, I think this is where Apple, although late to, uh, a little late to the party, does trump some of the other offerings in that right off the bat, day one, they're offering dictation in US English, in UK English, Australian English, French, German, and Japanese. 
Good on you, Apple. It'll be interesting to see how well that actually works. Of course, that's the other side of it, isn't it? Uh, so dictation capabilities built into the operating system, which means that third-party apps and websites can make use of this. You can run dictation with those apps. Gatekeeper. Now, Gatekeeper is a new security feature for the Mac, and what it allows you to do is decide which apps can run on your Mac. And this is a system-wide setting. So there are three basic settings. One is you can have all apps, any app. You can run any app, right? So that's fully open, which is actually the, the way it currently is previous to Mountain Lion. You can choose to run signed apps only. So those are applications that have been signed with a valid certificate through the Apple Developer Program. And the third option is App Store apps only. So in other words, apps that you've purchased and downloaded from the Mac App Store. And so those are your three basic settings. And that's, I, you know, I think that might be quite good for me because I'd, I'd like to perhaps lock my own Mac down a little bit. As my kids get older, they'll be wanting to install all sorts of uh, weird and wonderful applications, which perhaps I'm not so keen on having on the Mac. So that's really good. That's called Gatekeeper. And the last on my list is all updates will be done centrally via the Mac App Store. Oh, that's great. So no more software update. If you're a, a Mac user, you'll know what I'm talking about. The software update utility that will be deprecated in Mountain Lion and everything is via the Mac App Store. Good move. I mean, that makes sense. I I did wonder about that very thing. I You know, with Lion, some updates come via the App Store and others come via software update. And I always thought that's a bit odd. That's kind of, you know, double handling here. So it's good to see that they're moving to a unified model for that. And that is OS 10 Mountain Lion in a nutshell. Well, at least uh, a few points that I've uh, picked on specifically. If you want more information, well, there's a whole host of sites out there dedicated to reviewing OS 10 Mountain Lion. Mozilla has announced it is to develop its own mobile operating system, and it's doing this, of course, to gain ground against Apple, Google, and Microsoft. Now, what's interesting is the desktop for Mozilla has well, its share of the desktop has been falling, and that's mostly to do with the fact that a growing amount of online activity these days is done via the mobile platform. Now, that in itself isn't a problem because you could say, well, why don't they develop a browser for Android and iOS and Windows Phone? And that's all well and good, but Android of those three operating systems is the only that allows a full mobile version of an alternative browser. Apple and Microsoft, for their operating systems, have a slightly stricter controls. So Mozilla's plan of attack is to develop its own operating system for mobile phones, and it will be, I believe, open source. Yes, that's right. It will be open source. Now, there have been reports about a virus that's entered the Iranian nuclear facilities, and what the virus does is it plays Thunderstruck, yeah, I'm talking about the song by ACDC here, uh, Full Blast. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, when I saw this, I thought, what, this has got to be made up. And in fact, interestingly enough, it hasn't actually been verified yet. But but if the reports are to be believed, then this is one funny virus from an attention-seeking coder who at least has a, a sense of humour. So <laughs> I could just imagine the song blasting out at the nuclear facility. Oh, yes. If only viruses were, were that tame, that, that would be good. Now, Microsoft is in a little bit of damage control mode at the moment. 
after a rather embarrassing coding gaffe. A chunk of Microsoft code was found to have a rather interesting hex code, which is believed not to be accidental. And the hex code is B16B00B5. Now, if you look at that and translate some of the numbers to letters, to you know, like the five looks like an S and so on, if you read it out, it, it says big boobs. <laughs> and, and another uh, part of the code, there's another one that reads B00B135, which of course is a translation of boobies. So this is rather embarrassing for Microsoft and they have apologized for this and the code has in fact been changed. So they hex, those hex strings now have been changed. This is obviously a coder trying to have a bit of fun, perhaps arguably stepped over the line a little bit in terms of, well, I mean, I, I, I would imagine that he's probably no longer employed if, uh, if they ever find out who he or she, for that matter, is. Facebook is rumoured to be working on a phone with HTC. Now, uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about a Facebook phone? Would you get one? Or would you stick with the big guys uh, at Apple and Google? And to some extent Microsoft, even though they're struggling with to get any market share, any real market share, despite the fact that they have a, a beautiful operating system. Facebook, yeah, a Facebook phone? I don't know about that. I, You know what, it's interesting because a lot of people I talk to, including some of the regular panellists we have on the show here, really don't put a lot of trust into Facebook. And for me, that's that's a big thing. I, I'm not sure I could trust Facebook enough to buy a Facebook phone. Having said that, it would have excellent Facebook integration, right? And I'm not quite sure on the relationship between Facebook and Google these days, but uh, I, I'd imagine that the, the default search engine would be Bing. Look, I, I'm not sure about this. Again, this is one of these stories that hasn't been confirmed yet. It's a rumor, but in a way, it wouldn't surprise me if it's true. Uh, I mean, it's plausible, isn't it? Whether it actually comes to fruition, it's anybody's guess. But just as a thought, would you trust a Facebook phone? Would you buy one? Do you care whether it's Facebook behind it? Or do you base your decisions solely on the attractiveness and usefulness of the operating system on the phone and the hardware for that matter as well? If you are a Facebook fan, then I I guess you'll be holding out for this to be true. Uh, in which case you probably have a little bit of a wait because if the rumours are to be believed, this is in the very early stages. Now, Apple has, I, I guess, I was going to say come under fire, but really it's I think it's a, it's polarised people. They haven't made any announcement yet, but uh, reports are that as of the iPhone 5 onwards, the connector, the, you know, the, the dock connector, the data cable connector, is going to be a different form factor. Now, I think they've had the same form factor for... Is it since Generation 1 or 2? I forget. It may, it may have been right at the beginning. A 30-pin, a proprietary 30-pin port. And sources close to Apple have said that it's going to be replaced with a smaller 19-pin connector to make room for the earphone jack moving to the bottom. So the problem, of course, here is that the moment you change a physical form factor, you have the problem of, of legacy accessories. So iPhone and iPod owners right now who have invested in accessories that use the dock, such as, you know, those portable speakers that you can plug in, those FM transmitters as well, those sorts of things, are now going to face, a if this is true, they're going to face a dilemma because what are they to do? Are the accessories suddenly going to be obsolete? 
Of course, people are betting on the fact that if this is true, then Apple or someone else, if not, will offer an adapter for that. And that's probably true. I mean, let's face it, if Apple doesn't do it, someone else will fill that gap in the market. That's for sure. So is that a big thing, changing the form factor? I mean, the thing is, I think it's a no-win for Apple because obviously having the same form factor for the dock means that nothing really needs to change. I mean, you've your existing accessories will work. You don't need to do anything. Your iPod will sit quite fine in, in your car's iPod dock holder if you're fortunate enough to own a car that has one. But on the other hand, if they do change it, then obviously they're doing it for a reason, perhaps for size, perhaps for changing, like was suggested, moving the headphones down to the bottom, which could be a good thing. I don't know. It's, it's obviously a reason they're doing it. I mean... You know, people, I've had these conversations with people before that have said, why do Apple always change this or change that? And it's like, well, yeah, sometimes it's really annoying when they change form factors or plugs or connections and stuff like that, but they don't do it just for the hell of it. I mean, they're not that stupid. There's obviously a reason, and yes, it's annoying, but really it's, uh, I think you've got to look at why it's being done. And to be fair, let's, you know, the the original iPod came out, what, in 2001, if I remember correctly? I mean, we've been going 10 years with the same dock connect. I mean, surely they're allowed to change after 10 years. I mean, that's a fairly good run, right? If they change after 18 months, that's a different story. But it's been the same dock for 18 years. So let's be fair to Apple. <laughs> and I've, I don't have Alec Diotti or, or Brett King on the show to, to argue against that. But they're probably listening back right now. And in Australia, there's been a rather worrying trend. There's been some threatening text messages being sent to people, and it reads, Someone paid me to kill you. Get spared. 48 hours to pay $5,000. If you inform the police or anybody, death is promised. Email me now. And then they provide an email address. Now, first of all, let me say this. It must be very scary to receive this. It turns out it's a scam. This is being done widespread. It's a mass text message. But, you know, you don't know that until the Australian police have come out and, and explained that, you know, this is a, a mass scam, that this is being sent out to thousands of mobile users. You could be forgiven for thinking this is targeted at you. And, you know, you'd start worrying. Is your life really at risk? And you start worrying about who that might be. And, I mean, to be honest, I... I don't know what I'd do. I mean, would you inform the police? I suppose, you. I mean, the correct thing to do would be to inform the police, but I can understand why some people might be too frightened to do that when they receive this. The good news, if, if, if there's any good news out of this, is this is a scam. There is nothing behind it. Do not pay the money. Delete the message. And that's what the Australian police are saying. That's very low as far as scams go, if you ask me. Very low indeed. Now, an interesting story on The Telegraph showed some rude web address gaffes that have been uh, revealed. This is a bit like misheard lyrics. Sometimes you mishear the lyrics of a song and, and often they're far from <laughs> you know what, what they actually are. Well, the classic one that comes to mind is instead of there's a bad moon on the rise, some people think there's a bathroom on the right. <laughs> Which just, that was very funny. Anyway, uh, so what are some of these? Some examples here. Experts exchange. Now, if you're a a technical person, if you're a coder, you definitely will have come across that site before. Experts Exchange. In fact, if you look at the uh, letters differently, it looks like Expert Sex Change. <laughs> Expertsexchange.com. Of course, that's not what they intended. Another one is Choose Spain. 
com, which can be misread as chooses pain. And another that was pointed out, which actually applies more broadly, is budget, uh, you know, for uh, budget rental services in the Cook Islands. Uh, their address is budget.co.ck. So, of course, that looks like budget cock. We mentioned this on this very podcast before that the commercial second level tier for domain names in the Cook Islands is .co.ck. So, the web address for a, a company in the Cook Islands would be their name.co.ck. They all end in .co.ck, which of course looks like cock. So that, that applies more widely than just budget rental cars. And one more example, a computer chip company registered Swissbit.ch. They're in Switzerland, of course, and CH is Swiss. Of course, Swissbit.ch looks very much like a Swiss bitch. Yeah. So just choose your domain names carefully. By the way, just on that very note, this is, a, this is a little bit too close to home, but when we were choosing the name Boys of Tech for this podcast, well, we brainstormed it, right? We came up with a whole heap of names. And before we settled on Boys of Tech, we did um and ah about it because it can be also uh, misread as Boy Soft Tech or, or Boy Soft Tech, which doesn't really mean a lot, but it still was a little... Uh, it still was something we had to consider. In the end, we thought, well, we'll go with Boys of Tech because it sounds cool. And I'm pleased we did. And just a little tangent as well. This is not really tech at all, but just one of the stories that I happened to stumble across this week is there was an interesting study done on the most popular words in the English language in 1520 compared to 2008. And they've done some analysis on this. Now, not surprisingly, the word the was the top, you know, the most common word in, in both years, 1520 and 2008. But other words that ranked highly in 1520 hardly feature at all in 2008, well, at least relatively. One example is the most common three-word phrase. In 1520, it was of the Pope. And in 2008, it was one of the so obviously there was a lot of reference, uh, a lot of texts that reference the Pope and the Church and religion back in 1520, and uh, less so in 2008, or at least uh, relatively less so. To support that, the most popular five-word phrases include the Pope and his followers, the laws of the Church, and the body and blood of Christ. That's actually six words, I just realized. There's, they've obviously made a mistake. The body and blood of Christ is six words. They probably mean body and blood of Christ without the word there at the beginning. Uh, so they all feature, of course, in 2008, none of those are, are there. Instead, the most popular five word phrases in 2008 were at the end of the and in the middle of the and on the other side of. Interesting. Rather boring, I must say, compared to 1520. It seems like the literature was a lot more colourful back then, at least based on the examples outlined in this particular study. Anyway, that was pretty much it for this week, but there was one more story, and I'm going to do a Steve Jobs one more thing. And the one more thing I'm referring to is Kim.com having officially released his first single, Mr. President. Now, if you want to get yourself a copy, you can download it from iTunes for the regular price of 99 US cents. It is also available on a range of file sharing sites, in fact, rivals to megaupload.com. Don't worry, I'm not telling you to do anything illegal because 
It is actually also being offered for free by Kim.com. So you can go to Kim, the address Kim.com, as in www.kim.com, and you can actually download it there for free. But if you feel like donating to his cause, then buy it from iTunes. And in fact, here it is right here as our outro music, which we only do on the odd occasion here at the Boys of Tech. This is Kim.com. Mr. President, take it away, Kim. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. See you next week. Goodbye. The war for the internet has begun. Hollywood is in control of politics. The government is killing innovation. Don't let them get away with that.